You're listening to Randstad Sourcerite's Talent Navigator podcast. Join us to hear about the latest research, talent trends and success stories from human capital leaders who are driving their organizations forward with smart workforce planning strategies. Welcome everyone. Welcome to today's edition of our Talent Navigator series on building an agile workforce on internal mobility. My name is Esther Veenhuis and I'm the Global Head of Brand Comms and Reputation at Ronstadt Enterprise and have a few housekeeping items before we get started here. This series will be recorded for on-demand viewing. A summary of discussion points and related content will be available after the call, after the call for all live attendees and on-demand viewers. If you have any questions, please, we want to hear them. So put them in the chat of the functionality here, and we will dedicate some Q&A time um, after the end of the presentation, or if we see that it's really you know, useful to kind of uh, get your question answered uh, when our speakers are uh, addressing the topic here. Um, so with that, I'm pleased to introduce our speakers today. Uh, we have Jean-Francois Vizina, or JF for us. Uh, he's the Global Managing Director for Art Placement and Coaching for Ronset Rice Smart, and Martin Smith, our Vice President of Global Solutions Advisory at Randstad. So Martin, I'll give the floor to you now uh, to share uh, what you and uh, the team have learned from recent client conversations and programs and tell us more about uh, internal mobility. Thank you, Esther. That's very kind and thank you for the uh, introduction. Um, yeah, we had the pleasure um, over the last couple of weeks of touring around and traveling by plane, train and Uber um, to meet with uh, clients to discuss exactly this topic. How are they actually able to build an agile workforce and um, drive internal mobility? Now, we met with organizations, um, different geographies, different sectors, different sizes, and we discussed everything from technology to changing team structures and culture. Over the next 30 minutes, what we wanted to do was share the four key um, consistent conversations that we had with those organizations. Um, and as you can see here, we felt that the four key conversations were around what companies are trying to solve for, what employees didn't realize employees um, have been missing, leveraging coaching to drive career navigation and internal mobility, and finally, key considerations to drive success for both employees and employers. Before I do that, um, JF, we had some great conversations about marketplace influences. Um, so I thought maybe that would be a good place to start. So if I could hand over to you to share a little bit more detail. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Martin, thank you. And just checking that you can hear me because I lost uh, my audio uh, at the very beginning. Um, so we discussed with a number, a number of customers over the last few months and what we're seeing is um, definitely an additional impact that we're seeing in the market and, and more agility needed for their businesses. Um, we One of the specific customers that we've uh, talked to mentioned about three different um, crises, pretty much, that they, they lived through, um, some of which were due to talent demands, some of which were due uh, because of purely uh, technology advancements that were more rapid today and other ones because of geopolitical shifts that were um, having them rethink about their geolocation and where their organization was based. And all of those crises that we discussed happened within about three years. So what we're seeing is definitely there's an increase of the market impact on our talent, uh, some of which is the, on the geopolitical and demographic shifts. Um, obviously, we, we, we can just watch the news uh, on one end for uh, any uh, to see any geopolitical, geopolitical shifts, but also on a demographic, pers uh, demographic perspective, what we're seeing is um, a lot of the countries that used to rise in populations 
or a lot of the uh, most uh, developed countries also have uh, now an increased population that are going towards retirement um, that causes an increased uh, pressure on talent scarcity. Um, and we're seeing uh, also a different geolocation um, with more population, with also uh, very high skills and areas where a lot of organizations are not necessarily as developed, uh, for example. We also look at uh, talent scarcity in demands. So we keep hearing over the last few years more and more around talent scarcity. We're seeing also scarcity around skills. Um, and we also see a different type of uh, demands from employees' perspective and from skilled employees as well. We heard uh, in the past uh, that we were a service economy. We keep hearing more and more that we are an experience economy. And that's what um, employees are looking for. And they're demanding to have a better experience. They're demanding for a different um, aspects for us to, to look at um, when uh, and the different aspects in terms of labor relations or in terms of employee uh, talent management as well. Uh, productivity pressures, um, we're seeing it even more because of inflation in the last uh, couple of years, but inflation causes also an increase in, in productivity that's needed within organizations. Um, and they, they have that demand from their shareholders as well. And then technology advancement. We're seeing a lot of um, industries that are now converging towards uh, the same type of skill sets. We're looking at um, auto manufacturers, for example, in the past that were manufacturing thermal engine um, autos, and now they're moving to electric vehicles. Um, we're also looking at vehicles that are highly connected, um, that are now connected to the cloud and that have very, very high um, connectivity, not just in terms of the internet, but also with AI that's driving that impact as well. Now, we're just taking one industry that, not, that now is converging with a very different set of skills that's needed going from a traditional um, mechanical engineering to a, a very different um, type of skill sets, such as uh, the, um, the 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 same that are comparable to a Google to a Meta, for example, and we're seeing that convergence happening, and that big change that's happening within uh, various industries. Same thing for uh, life sciences and pharma, who are leveraging uh, AI now to be able to speed up the their research and development and their innovation within their organization. So all of those pressures that are being lifted right now from organizations that are even quicker. We're seeing that it brings uh, much more pressure also and then agility in terms of developing skills, what type of skill sets are needed, but also a very, uh, very big convergence between industries as well. Martin, anything else that you've seen? No, I think the technology um, was really interesting, wasn't it? We have many conversations with clients around the shift of new technologies, um, talent management technologies, talent acquisition technologies, et cetera, um, marketplace technologies. and. And, and their challenges they've had on deploying and adopting, you know, get their employees to adopt it. But uh, yeah, no, I think that was um, that was a really good uh, good call. Um, if we now move over to um, uh, the the first topic, um, so what companies are trying to solve for? I think JF shared there quite a few marketplace influences that are having an impact. So things like you mentioned talent demands, attrition, retention employee engagement and the talent scarcity are all having this impact on, on, on the world of talent. And it is changing. It's changed with COVID and it's going to continue to change. One of the things that we did see, though, the two key components were that organisations were trying to shift to a skills-based approach. 
and also alongside that look at how they implement career development these seem to be the two key things that were coming from all the conversations that we had across clients when you look at then the talent life cycle and the fact that different owners are involved this actually becomes quite complicated but when we looked at research that was supporting some of these trends and some of these moves it's quite interesting some of the things that we shared the fact of the matter is within talent um, acquisition you know one in three 18 to 34 year olds consider career development as part of a criteria to decide what their next role is so actually having career development within your organization is critical to help attract new talent and people into your organization if you then look at the talent within your organization, you look at the stat that from our own marketplace research, 83% of employees are looking to develop new skills and progress their career over the next 12 months to 18 months. Well, that, that means that that's going to create a real problem for organizations and they have to start developing those skills, as JF highlighted, because the economy is changing. However, mobility is a component of that, but the two scary stats that I felt that we got and we shared with our clients, 45% of employees are saying that it's easier for them to find a job outside of their current employer. That is quite startling. But the one that really I felt made the difference is when you look at the hiring manager population that we researched and 48% of hiring managers said it's easier for them to recruit somebody from outside the business than somebody inside. So this dynamic is really playing with mobility and creating some real problems. The other thing to consider is, is um, talent leaving your organization. A number of the businesses that we spoke to were struggling with attrition and retention. And actually 88% of leavers in our research highlighted that they would have stayed longer in the organization if they'd have felt invested in, in their career, if the organization had a provided career development. So you can see that this is having an impact across all areas of talent. It's not just a talent acquisition problem. It's a talent development problem. It's a talent attrition issue. And it's something that we found from organizations that were definitely in different stages of their journey. And it was some really fruitful conversations that we had. Jeff, was there anything else that um, you would add from the conversations with our clients? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think the the piece that we've seen is also that historically organizations have looked at all of the pieces you've mentioned here between talent acquisition, talent development, talent transition as three different silos owned by different departments. Mm. Um, and we have we have failed in some cases to recognize the um, the intricacy of those three different silos and really breaking them down and really looking across um one of the organizations i'm not sure if you remember martin that that we've met um really uh, realized that when they look at all of the entrants and all of the extrants of the organizations from a human capital perspective the numbers were pretty much the same quite scary and when they did an analysis of the type of people or the type of skills that came in versus the ones that left in a lot of cases there was not a drastic change it showed us that uh, organizations right now are there's still a lot of room and a lot of opportunities to really look at the current workforce to break down internal silos and really look at how can we work with this workforce that we have how can we help them navigate the organizations more easily as well how can we give them the experience and skills needed for them to have that lifelong employability within the organization that we hear more and more about and how can we expose them to the right 
external information so that they can help the organization also move on and so that we don't be, build those blinders within the organization because sometimes we we're we see organizations they, they bring a lot of uh, people from external they want to feed we hear that they want to feed new blood into the organization really what they want is making sure and I'm seeing a question around this making sure that the the organization keeps innovating having an outside in view can uh, is not becoming stagnant but there's ways to be able to handle that if we're very conscious about how we work with the current workforce not just for the role that they're in today but the role that they're we we need them to be in tomorrow or that they want to be in tomorrow as well yeah absolutely and one of the the, the interesting conversations we got into i remember was when um, we actually had learning and development and ta in the same room that that was the chief for me it, it was a very different conversation than when we were talking directly to ta around mobility so yes um yeah very interesting what's uh, what's interesting sorry uh martin but what's interesting is exactly that when we had talent acquisition and talent development in the room the conversation was different than when we have in organizations where we see them as being very separate but also the discussion between them the interrelation between them the initiatives that they drive together even when they look at processes when they look at technology that they uh that they they look at all of those start to be part of a conversation as a joint uh initiative and that's where we said that a lot was getting started uh, as well or along this path so yeah definitely which leads us nicely on to um and it was something you got very passionate about with a, if i remember in a couple of conversations that was you know helping you've got to help employees find their red dot find their starting points so again i think um i'd like to hand over to you to, to maybe share a little bit about what you meant by finding your red dot yeah, no, absolutely. The, the uh, one of the thing that we've seen is that a lot of organizations are trying to understand better their their the skill sets that they have within the organization, and we we hear more and more over the last few years around implementing a skills taxonomy, and different organizations are going a different way uh, in terms of doing that uh, and to become a a skill based organization. Um, reality is, if you ask me today which organization really masters this um i could not give you an answer i think it's still a, a work in progress uh, some organizations implement their own skills taxonomy uh, other organizations implement uh one through uh, a third party um technology that they that they leverage uh but nobody's really cracked the code just yet um the one question that we had in those conversations was, okay, well, once you've understood the type of skills you have within your organization, it is one thing to take a project manager role and deconstruct that role to say like, this role is composed of these skill sets. But to actually say, if I, let's say that as a project manager, I'm expected to have a very strong communication skill, it's not because my role expects me to have that skill that I didn't definitely demonstrates that skill. So once you've deployed that skill taxonomy, you still need to assess the type of skills that you have and assess like, do you, are those skills demonstrated? Are they truly um, used and acquired by the organization as well? And are there some other skills maybe that the roles that those people are sitting in or that the organization have may not expect to have, but those skills actually exist. And those are assets that the organization can leverage in the future as well. So there's those two pieces, right? That the foundation really having the clear understanding of this, these are the skills that those roles have, but also having that assessment about are those skills truly owned and demonstrated in the current role? And the last piece being, 
what are the aspirations and the wills and wants of the people that are in those roles? So we've seen organizations putting in place engagement programs, putting in place uh, internal mobility programs, putting in place training, development, and um, a lot of programs to help move their workforce. In every instance, what we kept hearing is that they're struggling to show the adoption. And an organization was very proud of achieving 15% adoption on one, of, on one of their programs. It was their stellar programs that they were uh, demonstrating. Um, and when we asked, what would be your aspiration? What would you wish it to be if it was not constrained by adoption? They'd, they'd like to see something much bigger than that. A lot of the initiatives have been pushed from leadership and from the organizational's point of view saying like, this is, as a company, this is what we want to see within the organization. And when we asked, what are the skills that you have? Are those skills demonstrated? And what are the wills and wants of your teams, of your people? We don't have an answer from the organization. And then when we shifted that question around and asked them, if you were to imagine your organization, imagine your company as, as a map, and sometimes you see that in your building, if you walk around, uh, your building, you're going to see that map on the wall, That's and then it's going to say with a red button, you are here. And imagine that map being your uh, uh, career at your organization, and you were to ask your employees to say, put your you are here button for yourself in your map for your career at your organization, over 95% of employees would be unable to put their red button. Now, this is where everything starts, because until you actually help your employees and your workforce identifying where they are in their career map within your organization and understanding that the career map is no longer a straight ladder as it used to in the, in the past. Uh, Martin, I, I hear that you keep mentioning the, the career squiggles um, that looks more like spaghetti lines uh, across. Um, until we actually help employees realizing this is where they are. And those are the different paths that they can take with the right navigation around it. It's going to be really hard to push all of the organizational agenda to really move the workforce. And we're going to keep hearing, and you've mentioned it earlier, we're going to keep hearing that it's easier for employees to navigate their career outside of the organization in a different organization than within the company that they're working in right now. It's very opaque. The feedback we keep hearing is that the company where people work is very opaque for them to navigate their career. And the outside market quite often is much more um, translucent, much more transparent, and they've got more resources to be able to help them navigate outside than within. Yeah, definitely. And I think you touched on that sort of um, the speed and direction is the thing that then becomes quite important. Um, actually understanding that everybody is different. And yeah, I can remember, um, sorry to say, I did use the word squiggle quite a few times in some of those conversations because there's not a conventional um, ladder for a, um, a career path. It, it does move in different directions. So um, the individual understanding their speed and direction, but also as an organization, understanding the speed and direction of your employees is is critical okay so just keeping up with um pace so now as we move on to the uh, next one which is leveraging coaching to support career navigation and internal mobility 
um, coaching came up, I think, in every single conversation. Um, I don't think there was one conversation with a client that we had over the two weeks, JF, that it didn't come up in some guise, whether it was career coaching, coaching, mentoring, sponsorship, etc. Um, I'm going to actually go back to the, our earlier conversation around the best conversations that we were having with clients were when L&D and TA were in the same room. And I think that's a really important um, perspective because we discussed this after that mobility was always seen primarily about an individual moving a role, moving to a new role, a side role uh, or, or, or planning for that. And I think what was interesting that we found was that organizations now bring in learning and development and TA together have to start thinking about mobility in a very different way. Mobility isn't about moving role per se. It is about if you change the word talent in the talent mobility to skills mobility, this is about looking at moving skills, developing skills, helping people navigate their way to upskill against their aspirations. So I think one of the things that we found is that actual true mobility is good for a lot of people. There will be people in your organization that say, I want to move and I want to move now. And if I don't, I will consider other roles outside um, this organization. But that's not for all of your people. So listening to what your people have to say in the stage that they are within their squiggle is really important. You're going to have people, and it has highlighted on this slide, that have different um, reasons that they would never consider mobility. Maybe they um, don't get on with their manager. They don't want to have those difficult conversations. They're feeling burnt out. They have personal reasons that are impacting their career and their motivation to move. So you have to listen to your employees to understand, back to your point, Jeff, where their red dot is, where their speed of career is, where the direction of career is going. And then everyone is very different and it needs to be a very tailored approach. When we actually started talking about the coaching component of that though, which plays a significant role, it was really interesting that we had from one client that had just started implementing mentorships and internal coaching. I think I can remember um, Jeff, and then another one that on the other end of the scale was implementing democratized coaching, where they were actually in the process of rolling out career coaching to everybody in their organization. And you know, the CEO stood up and said, we are going to, if you are interested in moving your career, you will be given access to a coach. So there's very um, different uh, approaches and models that organizations are using. But a couple of the things that we really picked up on here was that the coaching plot has to play a different role. It's not about coaching on a specific topic. It is about helping the individual navigate their way through the career that is right for them. And as you can see across the bottom, we've got all the stuff that Jeff was talking about is finding your dot, finding the skills that you have in your current role, harnessing skills that maybe you're not using today, but you've gained in a previous role. But then actually you move into helping those people navigate their way through that could be things like capturing their aspirations, could be help giving them a coach to work on a certain topic, a certain um, challenge that they have in their in their working um, work life at this moment in time. It could be aligning them to learning and development interactions, as Jeff said, to help boost that participation. You know, just offering them saying all these things on a, on a technology, please help yourself. We know from a psychology point of view, doesn't work. They need to be nudged. They need to be guided through this. 
And the one that came up that I felt was quite interesting was to prepare them for their next role. We work a lot on people that we attract from the external marketplace to prepare them for interviews, to get them set up. They have talent advisors and recruiters helping them. But people that are looking to move internally sometimes don't get that support. And a number of the organizations highlighted that they've got people that haven't applied for a job in a number of years, maybe sort of five or six years, and they needed help in having interview practice and structuring the conversations they were going to have. Um, and I think that was um, that was the interesting conversation around coaching isn't just about the topic, it's about navigating them through. Jeff, have you got anything else that you picked up that you'd like to add on that topic? I think you've uh, said it well. If you think about, if you were to do a survey, and some some of you may have that in your current organization, where you, you survey the satisfaction rate of candidates applying from external sources versus the satisfaction rate of people in applying internally, a lot of the organizations we spoke to, um, the satisfaction rate of external applicants was much higher than internal applicants. First of all, of course, the, the expectations might be different. Quite often, internal applicants will have higher expectations because they're already within the organization. But uh, you said it very well, uh, Martin, they quite often have access to less resources. They don't have uh, that person that helps them navigate the interview process or coach them uh, across. Um, and this is a big piece um, that organizations are starting to realize. What are you look at it from a democratization of coaching? What are you look at it from coaching a very specific um, scope of employees within the organization that are critical to the future of your organization? What we've seen is that um, first, the investment in that overall employee experience and getting that visibility about where they are versus where they can go. What are the skill sets that they own today? What are the skill sets that they mean, uh, need tomorrow based on their wills and wants within their organization, feeding them with those opportunities, not just the ones for today, but the ones that uh, could build a little bit their vision or could build a little bit their, their aspirations as well. And then giving them a clear a clarity around what are the, the programs, the trainings or the learning and development programs that the company has that fits those wills and wants and that fits that pathing for them that they, they are trying to achieve. But then also having that, that coach supporting them along so that they can actually, from a timely fashion, instead of them going outside to the market to test and to understand how the market is, having access to that coach that can help them navigate, of course, providing them with uh, external market factors if if need be, because it's, easy, it's much better if they have it uh, right there and then than them having to go in and feed for, from it externally, but also helping them navigate the internal organization, building their own network, uh, looking at the different positions that are uh, available and helping them also get, uh, getting, pointing them towards the skills of the future and developing those skills as well. So it could be from a point in time support that that employee needs, or it could be from a continuous support along that journey as well. I, I really like the graph that you have here, uh, Martin, because I think uh, it really shows at the top end, I see it as all of the pieces that organizations have put in place that are traditional uh, from managing uh, our employees. And at the bottom, it really speaks to the experience that employees more and more are asking for. And um, how do we get both to match? How do we reconcile the both so that we can really 
meet employee experience within talent management? Yeah, the employee experience is a key key term there, I think, isn't it? You've highlighted it a couple of times. I think, you know, organizations need to really think about the um, employee experience, not just from a TA experience and a hiring experience that we know lots of organizations have invested lots of um, resource and money in. It, it's got to be focused on the talent within the organization and bringing that L&D and TA together. Again, you know, it, it's, a, it's an absolute um, necessity. Mm -hmm. Okay, and right, fourth and final one before hopefully we have a few questions. So um, key considerations to drive success for an employee and employer. And we just wanted to leave um, the viewers with sort of uh, a bit of a summary of those things. So um, Jeff, over to you from an employee perspective. Yeah, so what we've seen from creating employee success, uh, a few, uh, few uh, legal blocks, if you will, uh, on one end, leadership, so care, mobility, support, and guidance from managers. Um, we've seen organizations trying to put something in place, but you need to involve the leaders, especially the there's about two to three layers of leadership that are critically important to make this successful. It can be quite threatening for a, for a leader to see their team members raising their hands and saying, you know what, I'd like to apply to a position in a different team or in a different part of the organization. Uh, sometimes they can see it as um, a judgment of their own leadership, which is not the case. Uh, actually, we, we want leaders that will actually promote internal mobility, that will encourage their teams to develop themselves and encourage the, their teams to move from their team to something bigger and greater within the organization. And how do we make sure leaders within the organizations actually uh, see that as a win when one of their team members move to uh, do something else within the organization. So um, that's a, a key piece. And leaders may need some handholding. They may need some change management uh, programs to help them to, through that. And they may need, they actually may need some uh, leadership development or, or coaching themselves along that journey as well. Uh, the other piece is around uh, growth. So obviously, access to learning and development programs that can support their personal growth or uh, and mobility as well within the organization. But there's different ways to look at that, right? So organizations will put uh, L&D programs in place and that organizations own. They may put trainings in place as well. You want to make them very visible, very transparent so that employees can see them and understand, like, how is that going to feed their own purpose and their own wills and wants? Um, it's quite often we're going to see credits uh, in some whatever form that are given for employees to go and get external training as well. How do we make sure that those get used? How do we make sure that we point employees to the to the right sources? So there's, how do we make sure that all of those growth levers that exist are highly visible, highly being used from the uh, the workforce? And keep remembering, um, developing your own workforce is always always um, a, a better business case than having to acquire and change the workforce as we go. Um, how do we help employees build their networks across the organization? How do we help them network internally? Having access to leaders, maybe in other parts of the organization that could be in line with their wills and wants and, or just to investigate um, what the rest of the organization is doing, having access to those leaders, having uh, network uh, opportunities, just like the what they could do externally, but creating those opportunities internally as well and, and linking those dots. Um, Career, making sure that employees understand and have full visibility on all of the roles that are being open. Um, it should be easier for them to see the roles that are exist within the organization 
than having to go outside and seeing what exists outside. Our people in our teams are getting called day in, day out by recruiters. Um, we should be the ones calling on them to explore internal opportunities. Navigation, so understanding their current position, right? When we talk about that red dot, where are you as an employee? Having the time to have that conversation and at least having that conversation um, with them, even if it's not automating the process, even if we don't have access to a, a beautiful tech that enables that, there's always the tech and the touch piece of that. So at the bare minimum, everybody can do the touch and helping employees figure out this is where you are on your red dot. This is where the company is or is going. Those are some of the roles that most likely the company are going to have in the future and some of the skill sets that we think we're going to need and helping employees pick up on those proactively as well. Then from a coaching perspective is, and that's a piece that we've been, we've seen missing uh, because traditionally coaching has been for executives, for only a few layers of leadership, um, but now coaching is available uh, and we've seen organizations being able to offer coaching to all of their employees or a very large scope of their strategic workforce and offering that coaching, which is that career navigation or that overall um, work navigation to help uh, employees be on, always on top, navigate the organization, navigate themselves sometimes, right? You, you can navigate an organization, but until you navigate yourself, makes it very hard to, to take that path. And that's been a, one of the missing link to gel all of this together as well. Yeah, it's definitely about having the right. Missed, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think that was great. I think um, I think the sort of the thing for us was that it, it's you have to provide a lot of talks back to the conversation of everybody is different. Everybody has a different starting point. So you have to provide the tools that are right for that person at that time. And it's a very tailored approach. But um, some great things on on here. Definitely leadership being the standout one to me. Um, if you then look at the, the balance of that, um, just very quickly, I know we're running out of time, but you look at the success from an employer perspective, I think the couple of things that we would just leave you on are that um, think about culture and policies. We had a number of conversations with clients that had the really good culture and they felt that this was how it was positioned in the marketplace. But some of their policies really stifled mobility. You know, you had to be in, in role for 18 months before you consider the next move. Now, that may be right for your organization, but if you're really driving mobility and you want people to be moving for the right reasons, then, then maybe that is a challenge. We've talked about bringing L&D and TA together, but don't forget the hiring manager community. We've noticed they play an absolutely pivotal role. They need to be trained and um, encourage mobility and have confidence that they're moving people around, but they'll gain people into their teams. I think Jeff touched there on technology. Technology is brilliant and evolving, but don't forget the touch. You need the tech and touch to go hand in hand. We're humans. If you just give a technology and point us in the right direction without nudging, without guidance, it's the, you know, the coach and fitness um, personal trainer type analogy. You need somebody to help you on that, that way, um, me probably more than others. Um, understanding both skills and aspirations. Don't just go for skills are great and people are moving to it, but you have to consider other things as well um, in that conversation and definitely the aspirations of the talent you have within your organization. 
And finally, the last one is really focus on employer experience. You have to provide them with the right tools for them at the right time. As Jeff has just highlighted, there's a lot of components to that. Esther, I know we're running sort of um, shy on time. I do apologize, we, we've overrun a little bit, but um, yeah, did we have any questions or over to you really? No, this is fabulous. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, JF. And uh, we certainly did get a few audience questions. So uh, let me go through those. And uh, we have a couple of more minutes to uh, to cover those. Uh, one of them, and I think you, you covered it uh, to some extent throughout the, the presentation here. And I think this also connects really nicely with what you just said around uh, hiring managers and the importance for them. But there was one question on the thoughts on the impact of internal mobility towers innovation or rather stagnation. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think the what what we've seen is obviously if organizations are purely uh, promoting from within all the time, for example, and um, and only looking at internal mobility without um, providing new context to those employees, there's that could be a risk of uh, uh, lack of innovation or Lack of stagnation. So we, we need to be able to feed uh, the workforce of an organization with new context, with new information, with uh, and to develop. So you do need to have the right um, the right tools in place to be able to promote that uh, internal mobility. Um, same thing as if you only hire externally, then it makes it uh, very hard to develop your culture um, as well and to really have your unique uh, your unique. Um, attach points for your organization as well. So the one the one thing I would say is that the, the impact of internal mobility towards innovation and stagnation, um, it, it can be, it should not be, if well done, a negative on innovation or uh, stagnate the organization. This being said, you do need the learning and development programs in place. You need to be able to provide external context as well. You need to be able to uh, always stretch your teams at the same time. So it's not just about the internal mobility, because even if you bring people externally, you're still at that risk if you don't have those components, if you don't require that from your workforce. Those, those would be my two cents on it. Martin? Yeah, no, I think that's a good summary. I, um, I think we've realized that the internal mobility question is very different for different organizations, depending on where they are on that journey. We're talking to one organization one morning that was, um, they'd already done the skills assessment across their organization and realized the direction of travel for them strategically was very different to the skills that they have today. So they had no choice in really driving the external recruitment and driving then the development programs, as JF said, which were gonna take a, a longer period of time. So you had to do the two in, in tandem. Whereas other organizations, if they do that um, inventory and they do that skills and they have moved to a skills-based, and they realize that they've got those skills that they need. They just need to sort of um, direct them and um, move them forward and sort of bring that internal mobility to life. Um, they're in a far different position. So it really is. But there's so much innovation at the moment through technology and through um, things you can do with AI and coaching and everything else. I think it's a, it's a fascinating and really exciting thing to have in your armor from an innovation perspective. Right. I think it actually goes very nicely with another question we got. And, and JF, maybe you can start again here. Kind of uh, how are organizations evaluating skills once employees find their starting point or red dot? So how are organizations going about um, 
evaluating those skills. I think that was a nice segue there. Yeah. Well, so so one of the ways, as I said earlier, nobody truly have solved for it is to implement a skills taxonomy and and uh, underlay uh, a AI platform, a skill based AI platform under their talent management uh, system. So that's not, that was not fully cracked just yet, but that's one of the ways that organizations are looking at. In terms of assessing those skills, um, we're seeing different ways to approach it. So we're uh, where in the past we had very personality based assessments or uh, we, we saw that in the past we're seeing organizations moving to a skills based assessment um, and sometimes being both from uh, from the employee's point of view and sometimes from uh, their surroundings. So a little bit like a mini 360, if you will, but a, that is skills based. So we're seeing more and the more uh, some of that that is um, uh, in place. Um, again, if I if you ask me today to name one organization that's really um, been able to deploy every piece, I could not name you an organization. I'm still I'm still very keen to uh, to uncover one, um, and I think it's going to be a journey uh, to get there. In terms of identifying the dots, one of the pieces um, that can be done very easily is the, the human part of it, because technology will follow in the next five years. I think we're going to see a lot of innovation in technology and AI that's going to help organization get there, and I. I hope we're going to get to a single skill taxonomy that can be adopted for all organizations, because then that means we could benchmark each other and, and really have a better understanding of the world uh, from a talent's point of view. But the piece that can be that can be done is from a human perspective, is um, allowing people to assess themselves and uh, their colleagues on specific skill sets, uh, obviously in a very respectful and, and uh, agnostic fashion. Um, and providing a way for uh, those people to be able to navigate those skills and understanding a little bit more where they are in owning their own skills, but also based on their wills and wants, where they can go as well. And this is where I, I do believe that um, career coaching becomes critical uh, at scale for uh, as many employees as possible, because that's the piece that can actually link Absolutely. understanding and asking what are the skills that they feel they own what are the wills and wants and helping people navigate uh through that which is it's not about skills it can be very black and white but the feelings towards that and towards the, the wills and wants are not black and white so really helping uh, employees along that journey i'm not sure if that uh, answers uh, the question Esther martin you might have a different view on that um, no, absolutely same view. I think uh, we we picked that up as we went through. I think the two things that I would just um, uh, also say that companies are trying to or struggling a little bit with is um, somebody rating their skills is one thing. Other people that have worked with those people equally validating and rating those skills is the the, the balance to the coin. So you sort of need both in a way. Um, an individual will have a good understanding, aspirations, but maybe some type of management or leadership sort of validation of that rating um, was a big topic of conversation that we had. The other thing that I found fascinating as well was that organizations need to, to realize that people are in a role today that they're maybe not utilizing all the skills that they have gained in previous jobs, in previous careers. And that sometimes is a missed component. They're so focused on what they're using today and assessing that and growing it, they forget the, that the individual has had many jobs previously in maybe in varying degrees in different areas, different sectors, in different jobs. 
and they're building their skills and careers that maybe you just don't know about today. So actually capturing those and understanding them as well alongside what they're doing in their current role is a really key component to this, this topic, I feel. And I think companies that will do exactly what you just mentioned, Martin, are companies that, uh, that will gain a competitive advantage. Um, and we talked about stagnation or innovation. Those are companies that will be able to continue to innovate, not just on what people are doing today, but on everything that they've gathered um, and making it the, uh, harnessing the full power of their, of their people. Definitely. I think this is a brilliant uh, closing. Uh, JF, Martin, thank you again for your time today. Um, if uh, we had a couple of more questions, but we'll come back to you individually as we're here, uh, you know, at the top of our 45 minutes. Uh, I want to thank everyone for attending and um, we still have a, a few other editions of our talent navigator series. Uh, I'll put the, uh, the link in the chat here. If, uh, if you want to continue or oh, here it is, it's fabulous. <laughs> if you want to continue uh, listening to other topics, our next one is about the talent economy intelligence and predictions. So not a great one on uh, November 28th and then one more on December 5th on people experience and the relationship value prop instead of the employee value prop. So a uh, lot of great new thinking from us here to you. Um, again, thank you all very much. Uh, thank you for joining and have a great rest of your day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to Randstad SourceWrite's Talent Navigator podcast. Learn more about the trends you've heard about today at randstadsourcewrite.com.